1: Happy Saturday, Seamus girlies. You are tuned in to episode 30 or 37. Whoa, I can't read. <laughs> 73 of your favorite health and wellness podcast. Um, Emma, what's up over there?
2: Hello, dude. I'm I'm drinking my third cup of dandy blend today. I have had too much caffeine. So I'm like, Hey, I'm like, let's calm down a bit. Also, you know what I realized that like whenever we record these episodes, obviously like we pre record, like these go out on Tuesdays, but we're always like happy Sunday, happy Saturday. And I'm like, people are probably so confused. Like what day of the week it is when they're like listening to the podcast or everything. But anyway, I'm great. I saw you a good, like three hours ago, we went on a lovely little urban hike, an urban crawl through downtown Manhattan because Kate led the walk with outdoor voices which was very very fun it was cute to see girlies and their ob fits but how are you dude
1: doing well um we're both running on some sleep deprivation which i will get into now as <laughs> you girlies know emma and i are your magnesium taking 9 p.m bedtime meme lords over here however we have been trying to be social forcing it to happen okay he, we've been we were being trying trying we've been in the winter and we've been tuckered away by choice By choice. We could have been going out, but now we figure, you know, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit warmer on the streets. Let's get out there. Let's go. I was going to say, let's go pop our pussies out. (laughs) I guess this is our own podcast. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Um, yeah. So I went out last night. Here was the, here was the, what we did. Um, I get a DM from someone that followed me on TikTok and said, hey, come to this pregame. And I said, I've literally never been to a pregame in my life. Let's go. So Emma and I go get a cheeky Diet Coke from Mulberry Mart. And then we go sit on Springsteen, in which someone stopped us and said, I listened to your podcast. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? How did you recognize us at 9 p.m. while we're drinking Diet Coke on Spring Street? Like, wow.
2: Yeah, was she was out. like with her parents also, I think. Also, by the way, Diet Coke did not sit well in either of our stomachs. Yeah, it, it,
1: some questionable digestive moment there. However, it was it was I needed some caffeine as so I wasn't going to drink alcohol. So we pull up to the pregame. We do our little cheeky socialization. Um, you know, we try our best. We only talk to girlies. I don't talk to any man there. We leave because this. We're one of my friends is opening a new. Um, <laughs> this is such a weird situation to explain. I, I'm going to have to explain this to my parents too. They're not going to get it. One of my friends. Um, owns a bar and he's opening a new bar. And he said, Kate, 1030, come by. That's the text I get. And I said, oh, cool. I get to see the new space. Right. So Emma and I pull up and we're at the door and we get in immediately. It's 11 PM. I'm signing an NDA on a Friday night. I'm signing an NDA and it says no social media use. You can't use your phone. Um, they take a photo of us holding up our NDA with a, fo- with a photo of like what we look like in case we were to be filmed for something. And I'm like, whoa, what? Are we being extras right now in something? So indeed we were. Um my friend Ash, I ran into him during the daytime and he was with a Hulu producer and they were talking about how they needed a venue to film a party scene for the show that they've been working on. And so Ash owns, you know, a few club venues and so where Emma and I were last night was this Hulu party scene. But The vibes were sterile and it was so funny because as you can imagine, if you're a crew that is like manufacturing a party, we all knew that there were cameras there. I knew that this was filmed for something. I'm not going to like go crazy because, oh my God, what if I end up on Hulu? So Emma, what was your experience like with the event? It was very confusing.
2: It was confusing. It was overwhelming, but underwhelming at the same time. People were just like sitting and like, listen, this was like all like, you know, the cool downtown New York people like that Kate and I, you know, we do not socialize with these people like at all um because we don't fit in. And, you know, it was definitely obvious that Kate and I were kind of flies on the wall, but everyone kind of was, we were sitting on like the leather couches and the people who we were talking to, everyone was just like, what is, what is going happened? on? Where are we? Like what? And I mean, yeah, it's like awkward when it's like a fake manufactured party. And I think like everyone in the back of their mind knew that like, this isn't real, So it was kind of like, how do you act? But, you know, it was good people watching. I'll say that.
1: I know. I enjoyed the people watching. And I think if it would have been an actual party, it would have been 10 times louder. It would have been 10 times more busy. I would have been very overwhelmed. So it was kind of fun to have like an empty party because the camera crew obviously had to walk around throughout the party. And like they had a guest capacity and there was like a very refined list of who was there. So it felt very fake. But I was like, this is the perfect social setting for me, right? None of this matters. It's all smoke and mirrors. Um, so that was our evening. And then we left at midnight and I saw Emma this morning for our little cheeky walk. Um, so that was fun. Another topic that came up last night, Emma and I texted each other at 7 PM. We were like trying to leave probably around nine. I hate wearing clothes. <laughs> what do we know? We know we've done the body dysmorphia memes. A lot of you can probably fucking relate to it, but I went to go try on clothes, And that was the most psychological warfare I've had in a while from seven to 9 PM of trying on every fucking article of clothing that my body has not seen in like months from the winter none of my pants fit me correctly. And it hurts me because I don't have money to go buy new pants. And also why don't they fit now? Like I, you know, weight gain, I'm not going to like say that I've gained weight or like, if that is even a bad thing, but it's just, my body is a little bit different and I don't like it.
2: Yeah. It was not a great experience for me either. And I'm trying to like find some of my text messages that we can maybe like read off about. (laughs) No, I'm not going to read the text messages actually between us trying to figure out what to wear, but Yeah. I, you know, going out is great until you have to put on an outfit and I have, I put on an outfit maybe once, once a week, once a week. So when I have to actually put on an outfit, it is not an enjoyable time for me. And I always kind of go through this like whole thing of like, okay, do I want to dress like comfortable that like in, in a way that like won't trigger me? Or do I want to like try to dress like in a cool, hot, I'm hitting the town type way. And I never know what to do. And then I always get freaked out that like, people are going to judge me for what I wear, even though people don't give a fuck. No one, like maybe four people like looked at me in the eye yesterday, right? Um, No one's going to remember who I was or like what I wore. I don't remember what Kate wore yesterday, but you know, just like the fun little, fun little conversations that I have in my head every single day. It's yeah, the, really, really a great time for me. You know, totally does not wear me out whatsoever.
1: <laughs> I would do it every single day of the week by choice. It was so much fun. Um, the next thing, my food kind of moment of the week, a lot of our topics now aren't really about food or wellness, but whatever, you guys can just listen to us ramble, is I've heard about this on a lot of podcasts. If you listen to any gut podcasts, if you're in the wellness space, there's like, you should be eating a diverse amount of fruit and vegetables. Yeah, we all know that on factual level, but I've been reading a lot that you should try to aim for 30 different fruits and vegetables and herbs to eat throughout the week for like an optimal gut. I get stuck in my pattern where I'm just buying the same carrots, the same cauliflower, whatever the vegetable is of the week out of convenience, out of ease, out of budgeting. But I realize like one, I don't really taste it because my body's just programmed to like eat the same shit. I should try eating new stuff. So I wrote a list in my Google notes app. And the thing is, it it does seem very privileged and like elitist to be like, I'm going to eat 30 different vegetables a week, a week. That was my first gut reaction to it. But something like an onion and a spring onion count as two different vegetables. So I was like, oh, there's a lot of opportunity here. Like cilantro is a vegetable, like garlic is a vegetable or like in this category. So I've been trying to do that and I've been following through. I'm going to finish off my list on Sunday, but it's been a fun way to make my meals more exciting. I pickled some asparagus this week, so that was cool. Um, yeah, that was my, yeah,
2: I feel like I've kind of been diversifying what I've been eating as well. I bought bison meat actually. And because my brother, when he was in town, we like made taco meat with ground turkey and we used the Siete taco seasoning mix. And like that really blew my mind, like truly the power of using spices. And I feel like I never know how to like combine spices. So like these taco seasoning packets, let me tell you, have changed my, changed my world when it comes to cooking in the kitchen. Um, But yeah, I've been buying like random herbs. Like I bought dill and cilantro and I always just forget that like herbs are like a thing to buy. And I think I always like will buy them and then they somehow go bad in like half a day. Mm -hmm. But truly you guys, if you are sort of like bored of your meals or your salads and want to spice it up, get, get an herb and it'll really blow your mind. It'll, you know, just add a little extra oomph into your food. And you know, it's only one extra little thing to purchase, add to your grocery list. Um, I feel like herbs are can be affordable maybe um yeah the next point of
1: the episode is to get to this this concept here of that I we've talked about before the always pan if everyone knows the millennial millennial little brand of a pan that you could be using Emma had it before I did I got one and I would just like to say on the record that pan sucks um all the influencers hyped it out myself I posted a little cheeky story because I wanted to I thought it would be good doesn't flip shit. I'm using oil. I'm using stuff on the pan and it doesn't fucking work. Um, Then thinking about throwing mine in the river. I will not do that, but I just would say, do not buy that pan.
2: Yeah. I hate mine as well. I only use it for the steaming basket. I've been thinking about just putting it on the side of the street, letting someone (laughs) take it and experience the trauma that I experienced. I have been searching the internet for just a new regular nonstick pan, nothing fancy, nothing bulky. So yeah, for people who are maybe like, I should get this pan, don't spend that money elsewhere.
1: Don't do it. Next one, Emma?
2: Um, I think next one, I deleted it because I don't really care. I mean, we can talk about it. Just like guys always wanting to be DJs. We saw like a group of dudes being DJs yesterday. And I just feel like it's a very common thing for dudes to be like, I'm going to pick up DJing. I would love to understand, love to understand that. Like get a different hobby.
0: Yeah. I, mean, like,
2: I mean, I guess it's like truly like what? Being a DJ, skateboarding.
1: Having a camera.
2: Having a camera or playing video games. Did I already say that? Um, Working together, out, it, I guess. Those are like the options for dudes, which I'm like, I'm I'm sorry that that's all you got. I don't know. Maybe. My question, would you
1: rather have a guy do those or do nothing?
2: I would rather have a guy do any of those than nothing. Yes. Me but it just blows my mind. Just like, you know, just these regular normal dudes that you're like seeing on, on the street or whatever. And then you go to some sort of event or party and it's like they're DJing. I'm like, how, how did you, Michael, that went to University of Michigan, studied, I don't know, agriculture, you're now in New York for whatever reason, and you're DJing, like, explain that to me, and it's not even like they're playing, like, cool, like, new stuff that they created, it's really just, like, mixing the little things and playing, like, I don't even know, Diplo, right, not even Diplo, like, not even Diplo, maybe, um, like, Odessa or something, and
1: I don't know what the female equivalent to being a DJ is is it being a micro influencer for a girl is it the girls that do like the little like oh my god I got gifted a claw clip like I don't know what's the female equivalent of like men that are DJs
2: I don't know either and I pray to god that it's not us let us know
1: yeah maybe it is I mean not many girlies have podcasts I don't know I don't think many girlies have meme pages whatever but We'll get into today's episode. So if you clicked into this episode, you're probably going to see it's our first founder episode. So Emma and I have, you know, raw dogged it 72 episodes without having a single other human being on the podcast, one for convenience, and the other reason is more important, and it's mostly because we don't want anyone to kill the vibe. Emma and I have a meme page here. We have a podcast with Spongebob JPEGs on a fucking graphic. I'm not here to have a sterile conversation about supply chain logistics on a podcast. So we've been very selective, but we've been thinking, you know, how can we expand our C Curly's empire? What other conversations could we be having? And we know a lot of brand founders. We know a lot of cool people in the wellness space. And Emma and my knowledge is only so vast. And we figured we should supplement it with getting some new folks on the pod. So today we had, we, we were thinking of who do we want to have in the pod? And I said to Emma, I said, got to have Lauren. Got to have Lauren. She's been an OG meme follower. She's been a good friend to Emma and I. And I really respect everything she's doing. So next part of the pod is going to be our little conversation with Lauren of Wooden Spoon Herbs. You're going to learn everything about herbalism, her background, what she likes about wellness, what she hates about wellness, her routines. And I'm so glad that we got to have her as our inaugural guest.
2: Yes. It's a very fun, fun episode. And I think you guys will learn a lot just kind of about her work and like the herbalism space. I definitely learned a lot from her and yeah, I'm very happy that Lauren, Lauren decided to come on to the Seamus Grillies podcast episode or podcast show.
1: Yeah, we should have like a little badge we can give all of our guests or something like I wish we had like an item that could be like, I went on the Seamus Grillies podcast and all I got was blank, that would be so fun. Um, so maybe we'll maybe we'll make like a sticker or something that they can have one day, a t-shirt, a hat perhaps, but that's above our pay grade as of now. So thanks for tuning in um, to episode 73 of CMOS Curlies, and we hope you guys enjoy today's conversation.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Okay, CMOS girlies, we're here with the woman of the hour. We're here with Lauren from Wooden Spoon Herbs. You guys know and love her and we're going to chat about herbs. We're going to chat about weird wellness rituals, all the things that you CMOS girlies want to hear. So welcome,
3: Lauren. Thanks for having me, guys. I am privileged and honored to be here.
1: Yes, we love you. We know that you like our memes, so we feel we feel a strong connection here. Yeah, um,
3: yeah I would assert that I'm number one CMOS girlies fan, so. Yeah, for sure. It, we
1: had to have you as our inaugural founder on the pod, so thank you so much. Um, so to start off, let's have you introduce yourself to our audience. I mean, we'll give you a little cheeky introduction herself, but figure you should <laughs> give a little background about you.
3: Yeah, sure, sure. Thanks. So my name's Lauren Haynes, and I'm a clinical herbalist and run a company, CEO and founder of Wooden Spoon Herbs. Uh, we make herbal supplements that are delicious and fun and easy to use, and we break down what herbalism is and what it means for your life it's awesome
2: that and like Lauren what was maybe like the light bulb moment that you that made you be like I should start like wooden spoon herbs like what like got you into herbalism and like what was like I need to like actually start like selling this and kind of like getting this like whole idea like herbalism spread out to like the greater community
3: yeah I mean I feel like to start with the question of what got me into it I was really like I worked for this local bakery uh, and we had a booth at the farmer's market the farmer's market like started in their parking lot one of those romantic tales and so I was really involved in that community for a long time and through through that was like interested in like local food and um, and fermentation and like wild foods and I think the more I learned about how all these things intersect and like are basically like uh secrets to taking care of your body which is something we actually need to be doing um I started reading about how like wild foods like nettle or chickweed or cleavers also had these you know medicinal properties which really just I think was a huge light bulb moment for me and um so I started like voraciously reading everything I could. Honestly, I feel like I haven't read a work of fiction in 10 years since I started like uh learning about medicinal plants, but um there wasn't a huge like no one was I didn't know a single other person who was interested in this where I lived or doing it or like that I could talk to about it and there was kind of like it was this was 2014 2015, it was like early Instagram days for for me. And there were like a couple people that I connected with or saw who were doing like really beautiful, like design forward, like pretty kind of new style of like, yeah, making, you know, herbal preparations or like this craft and everything. Um, But they were all like on the West Coast. And I was like, there's so many medicinal plants, like, like, you know, Southeastern Tennessee is one of the most biodiverse places on the planet. Why is no like why is no one doing it here? I could do it here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started like make growing stuff in my garden and like making stuff and selling it at the farmers market.
1: That's awesome. Um, I think one of the biggest points that Emma and I love about you is like your dedication to education. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, we're meme makers, so we educate in in funny little ways, but mm-hmm. we really respect that because I think so much of wellness is confusing and buzzy, and you do such a great job across your socials and on your website and like with product of explaining, you know, why. Certain herbs do what? Um, what was sort of like a lot of our listeners asked, kind of like, what goes into becoming an herbalist? Are there training, certifications? Like, what is that process like for being an herbalist?
3: Yeah, totally. Um, and thank you for saying that. It's education is what I'm most passionate about, especially in the current landscape, which will I'm sure, get into. But mm-hmm. so, my background, I've been studying. <laughs> clinical herbalism which means you know like deep research and understanding the body and um for 10 years I went through a formal training um for three years at what was formerly called the Appalachian Center for Natural Health but what in reality was basically a three three three-year mentorship under an herbalist named Phyllis Light okay um I really think it's important to just find a teacher or teachers that you trust that you connect with and I think like two two years into the pandemic, everyone's virtual. So it's so much easier. Um, Like I started studying with a new teacher last year and it's really such an ongoing journey, you know, not to be corny about it, but it is, it's like you constantly have to be, there's constantly new information coming out, especially with like microbiome being such a focal point or like the biomes all, you know, microbiomes all over your body, not just your gut microbiome. So um, to take it back to answering your question, Yeah, I think it's great to find a teacher that you can study with virtually. A lot of people have online programs now. Um, Paul Bergner is a favorite of mine. Phyllis Light's all online. There's Matthew Wood. There's the Chestnut School. There are like so many schools and so many resources uh, for finding schools. Maybe we should do a blog post on that, but um, Mm. that is one way to become an herbalist, right? And so there's only one governing body of for herbalists in America, and that is called the American Herbalist Guild. And it is really a track that's tailored for clinical practitioners. So people who are doing that as their primary profession, uh, the school that I went to was tracked to, for, for AHG to become a registered herbalist. And, and the registered herbalist database is a fantastic place to find an herbalist or find a teacher, or find a mentor. Um, and those are often people who are working one-on-one or in an integrated medicine setting.
1: Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of our girlies are, you know, younger. They're maybe exiting high school, entering college, or maybe not going to college and thinking about like what they want to do career-wise. And I think that's super awesome to hear. There's just like this vast amount of resources, especially with the pandemic. Like, there's opportunity to do stuff virtually, really wherever you are. Um, so that's awesome to hear of. And I guess another question bouncing off of that: How do you feel now? I guess positioned as a founder of a company in the wellness space, which we'll get into the next question of like. How do you feel amongst the like the wellness community and herbalism specifically? Does it feel like you know the knowledge spreading is very um, I guess, like encouraging to like talk to other founders? Are people like competitive? Like, what is that environment like at, within herbalism?
3: Yeah, I think within herbalism as like a subgenre of, you know, wellness, wellness um, it's it's very supportive and it's very like peer group feeling i mean i don't think we have as herbalists we're still pretty niche i don't think we have the luxury of being competitive. um and and yeah that's just like that doesn't feel good for anyone like i probably can count on one hand the number of other founders that i consider like intellectual peers in herbalism um but there's tons and tons of herbalists who don't have brands and i i definitely keep myself Uh, grounded in herbalism by making sure that I'm talking to lots of different people outside of just like running a business or having a brand or anything like that. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, no, I love that. And I think also just like a quick question about like, you talked about like all the different resources, like, are there any like books that you would maybe like suggest to like people who are maybe like interested in like herbalism, just because I'm sure there's so many from like, I'm sure like the sixties or seventies that have like some like crazy, like research and information, but I'm sure there's like so many, like so many girlies in our community, you know, are big, big into reading. I'm sure they would like love to know if there's any like good books to like start at.
3: Totally. I think to your point about a lot of like vintage herbal books, there are so many and there, you can find them at like any thrift store, any used bookstore. And, and for me, that's really where I started was like at the used bookstore. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think
3: having read so many different like even like a national geographic herbal book you know you always learn something there's so many nuggets because there's so much to learn Mm -hmm. um but two books that came out in the past couple of years that I'm obsessed with like more contemporary uh The first one is called Plant Magic by Christine Buckley, and she is actually joining our team this year as head of content. She's a brilliant herbalist. She's so funny. She's so down to earth, and she really, like, I think that the Seamus Girlies will die over this book because it's truly just like the most down to earth, simplified, version of these very complex ideas and intersections Mm -hmm. Um, so Plant Magic by Christine Buckley and the second one is called Plants for the People by Erin Lovell Verinder who is another friend and peer Um, she's based in Australia which I think is we talk about that she and I all the time about Australian herbalism versus American herbalism because there it's it's um it is regimented by the government and you have to like she sees people one-on-one but she's treated like a Practitioner, she takes insurance. She, you know, it's and she went to college to get this degree, versus here it's the Wild West, where it's like we're so oppressed by, you know, the overculture of like conventional medicine, where, you know, obviously it's like complementary to each other, uh, that we don't even have those, you know, options available. So anyway, Plants for the People by Aaron Level Verinder and Plant Magic by Christine Buckley.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, our girlies love any books and any resources I think they would appreciate that, um, as you mentioned, and I guess the next question that we have is sort of getting into the wellness stuff, uh, which we've talked about off pod before the goofy goofy world of wellness. What do you feel like, I guess maybe, you know, you've spent in wellness for much longer than Emma and I have. What are some pinpoints do you think that you love about it? And you feel that are very like encouraging to see with like wellness culture and like, well, people just getting generally more interested in wellness. And what are some things that grind your gears that can be personally, that can be as a founder um, that can be about American, you know, like reliance on pharmaceutical drugs versus like not accepting, you know, herbalism, any sort of any sort of stuff you think about wellness culture?
3: Yeah, yeah. We'll start with love. You yeah, know? do it. We'll start here. <laughs> I think that um, I think the positives are like uh, the democratization of information. Like so much. So so much information is being less gatekept. And I think that's really important. And it's so much, everyone has so much easier access to information, even if it is like through what you guys are doing. I mean, I think you are so educational and you really spark so many conversations, even though it's like fun and lighthearted. And like, I mean, on the surface, silly, like that's my favorite style of learning because I think it makes it less intimidating Um, and overwhelming. Cause obviously like learning about your body is intimidating, learning about the natural world is intimidating, um, because there's a lot to learn. But I think that's what I really love about it. I love the community. I love the information sharing. I love what I'm starting to see as being like more and more um, discourse about accurate information. I think right. so that's the other side of the coin, right? is like that's what that's what I worry will long term hurt. Uh, herbalism, right, will hurt all of these practices is just misinformation, people, you know, taking adaptogen and running with it. And like, on the, you know, on the one hand, I think it's cool that everyone knows what the word adaptogen means. But on the other hand, I'm like, but do you know what it means? Like, actually, you don't know what it means. And like, um, that's really important. And so it's, it's hard for me, like, I think, as like, someone who does have a business and a platform to think about, okay, well, how do you make a viral infographic that people are going to see and understand in literally half a second Mm -hmm. that explains complex concepts and themes, if that's what people want. So obviously you just have to start somewhere, but um, there's just a lot going on. I think outside of the herbal space, like I mentioned, how it feels like a lot of camaraderie. I think outside of that, there is so much competition. And honestly, what makes, what drives me is seeing business people start, wellness brands cuz that is garbage. it's like get out of here yeah. like you know what are you doing yeah. like you can't even hire enough herbalists to like make this make sense um and i'm not knocking anyone everyone's trying to like make change in the world everyone's trying to find what they want to do but oh man it just hurts i think it hurts me less than it did like a few years ago but it's just like Oh boy. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, I think like you are saying, bouncing off of that it's like, it's your baby. And I think when the misinformation is coming and it's targeting something you've worked so hard to procure and dedicate your life to, um, Emma and I so agree. I feel like there's so many brands that look like they're made in a lab and I'm just like, there's no heart behind this. And I, no. I don't want to support this.
3: And most think- brands like, yeah, most brands do. They just hire the like internal formulator at the manufacturing facility. And it's like, yeah, like where is the love? Where's the genuine care for this community? Because like, I'm not making, I'm not making products to like,
1: to sell products.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't exactly. I'm not making products for that. I'm making products because like, I genuinely know what I'm doing and I I've seen them help people and I want that to grow.
2: Totally. And I'm sure like, I mean, like, because I know it's it can be like really obvious, I think, like especially like on Instagram when you can tell when like a brand is like solely selling something for profit or if they're actually like super invested in like the whole idea of like herbalism. And I know like for you, like you started like making like you were like hand making like literally everything like in your kitchen. So you have so much like tie and like love to like all your products. So I mean, and like Kate and I always like talk about how like, yeah, a lot of these brands probably like don't need to exist. And but it's like so special, I think, that there are people like you out there. In you know, the wellness industry that are really kind of like pushing for like change and really trying to like cut through like the bullshit because I think we need more and more brands to be more transparent about that just for the sake of actually like spreading correct information.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think I think I saw a quote recently from my friend and colleague, Rochelle Robinette. And she said, I think in the coming years we're gonna see brands being very held accountable for the marketing messaging they're putting out and like being held very accountable to any misinformation they're spreading. And it's something that I've had a lot of private conversations about of like, what do we do? What can we do? And is there a way we can kind of come together and like say, I don't know. Like how can we come together and fact check and like verify because our hands are so, so tied by the FDA. We can't say anything. And I think that also, I mean, I definitely worry that that invalidates our work and our knowledge because we can't publicly say hardly anything. Totally.
1: I worry about that too. Um, I think Emma and I have thought off the pod, like we should make some sort of like CMOS girly stamp of approval, Mm -hmm. like a totally fake certification Mm -hmm. to be like, we Absolutely. support this, this product sucks, right? Because I think the biggest thing we've realized recently with CMOS girlies is like Gen Z or the next consumer base, which I'm sure you're sure of. And we've done a lot of surveys with our community and they're like, yeah, I don't really feel like connected by the random you know, supplement I get from my health store. I want a brand to like incorporate my values and support the founders and stuff. So I, we agree with you there. It's, it's crazy to sing just like, yeah, now that wellness has erupted, it's good, but kind of what's that gonna shape for the future?
2: Mm -hmm, exactly yeah yes and i lauren i know like on instagram you know you're always kind of posting like little behind the scenes of like your cupboard and like i think just i'm sure being part of you know so deeply rooted into like the wellness space you have come across like a bunch of different rituals and like products what are some of your like favorite favorite rituals favorite products kate and i definitely like have our favorites i think we have now been known as like the magnesium girlies almost at this point (laughs) um but yeah if you want to just like share some things that like you really really like have to like do and like use every single day
3: yeah. Cool. Big magnesium fan. Love that. I mean, I love trying everything. I'm looking in my cabinet right now. I love. let's see. Oh gosh, it's chaos. Um, well, every morning, so I make tea and then I like put probably three to five tinctures in that. And it really just depends on how i'm feeling how i want to feel what i'm working with i i have a herbalist that i see so like i'll be on a specific regimen at any given time for whatever i'm working with personally uh i take let's see my baseline supplements that i recommend to everyone is like an omega-3 supplement and i think you have to be careful with those because a lot of bodies don't convert plant-based uh omegas very well Mm -hmm i think a lot of bodies don't convert plant-based things very well mm-hmm. uh, so i would say i have my core supplements omega-3 probiotic vitamin d magnesium i'm probably leaving something out uh yeah tea loaded with stuff i've been working a lot this year with flower essences and homeopathy under the guidance of my dear friend alexis smart mm. she's phenomenal she has a product line that anyone i mean her the, I couldn't say enough about how great of a practitioner and formulator she is. Mm-hmm. So I've been working with those a lot. I just finished this morning a bottle of In Love, which is one of her formulas. What else do I do? I don't know. I do all kinds of weird stuff. Um, always usually have like a tincture of flower essence in my water that I drink throughout the day. Uh, I've been doing a lot of vinegar and water. So I have right now the kombu vinegar from Tart vinegar. Mm. Uh, that's so beautiful and like subtle and salty so I've been putting that in my water oh my gosh I don't even know that's an awesome wreck I guess another question bouncing off that
1: are there any you know ways that you incorporate herbs kind of outside of what people would think like any quirky things you're doing over there with herbs maybe
3: so many quirky things I mean, I, I'm really just like a herb freak. Like I use soaps that have herbs in them. I, you, you know, I like do a lot of food prep that has herbs in it or fresh herbs. I had this week, there's a plant called cleavers. That's like one of the spring weeds that comes up and it's like really juicy and it's like a very, very powerful lymph mover, right. Or it thins the lymph. So it moves very easily. Um, and so my friend the other day, like juiced a bunch of them for me, cause that's like a traditional preparation is like making a juice out of them and taking it as a shot. And that was fantastic to try for the first time. It tastes like a mild green juice, Um, but I do a lot of teas and I do a lot of specifically infusions of like a single plant. So I've been doing a lot of red raspberry leaf infusions, which is just that dried herb steeped for I think I usually steep it for like four to eight hours making a really strong tea and then icing that and drinking it throughout the day uh so I'll rotate through like red raspberry leaf oat straw nettles like a very traditional classic herbal prep that I do pretty frequently fun love that yeah, I,
2: feel, I feel like I'm always like trying to figure out different ways to like include like adaptogens or like herbs into like my routine that's not just like about like beverages but I have like a two-part question this is kind of like more just like from personal interest like is there like what what is the difference between like having like a tincture or like versus like a powder? Like is there really like much difference in kind of like how effective both are in regards to like the body and everything? And then to kind of get back then into like products, etc. Like what are some of your favorite like food or recipes or like weird snack combinations or even just like tonic recipes? Like, what are kind of like your go-to, like all-time um, yeah, like recipes, I know I'm always like trying to search the web of like, how can I include this like random powder that I have in my fridge? That's like starting to collect dust into like some like random, like, you know, dessert that I'm always like, so scared to, cause I'm like, what if it flops? And I just like wasted, you know, $5 of ashwagandha <laughs> or something.
3: Oh my gosh. Don't worry. I think, yeah, we also don't have to like be zero waste every single day. Um, <laughs> yeah, great question. So I get this question a lot. Like what's the difference between different formats of herbal products? I, my stock answer is like, whatever you like, whatever you're going to take, whatever you're going to have compliance with is what you should take. Right. I think largely there is not a difference outside of that, unless you're working with something like, um, gut health, where I think it is important to use the rawest form of that plant possible. So, well, take that back i think it's important to use powders for gut health because it's about covering and coating surface area if you think Mm -hmm. about the little accordion folds of your um gi tract Mm -hmm. or intestines specifically but um so i would say powders are most important there but otherwise it's a free for all it's whatever you like whatever you're going to use and yeah tinctures are little herbal drops teas are super simple powders can be really simple but i think people get intimidated by them mm-hmm. uh, and then i think capsules are fantastic because it's what people are most comfortable with mm-hmm. yeah um yeah. food stuff any
1: weird any weird snacks yeah. and stuff yeah. em and i are notorious to just eat like weird fermented foods all throughout the day
2: I just, yeah i just like we'll be dipping like random like vegetables just like in random like mustards and dips just like man, it's like 305 <laughs> p.m like let's just like have a random like celery Celery like mustard egg. Yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think that like, I'm famous for having weird snacks all the time. And I like, my friends are always like, "Nah, she's going to bring the snacks. Um, <laughs>
1: and you're like, we don't know what the fuck we're getting, but we're getting something.
3: Yeah. We're getting something cool. Let's see. My cupboard is like just ridiculous niche health food ingredients. As you would imagine, like right now i have been snacking on these. I don't know. I bought them because they were called like macrobiotic candies, but they're these Ume plum like hard candies Ooh. and they're sour and salty and delightful. So that's one I've been jamming on. Uh, I've been doing this. Oh, what do they call Like Narn's oat crackers. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen those. Yeah, they yeah. stores, you know. They're delicious. They're really dry, but they're really, uh, you can like top them with stuff. So I'll do like hummus and then smoked salmon and then like kimchi or sprouts on a Narn's oh. oat cracker. Very, very legit um, of that. Let's say, and- let's give you another question. If you're going to a dinner party, what's the dish you're bringing? What's the dish you're bringing? Oh, God.
1: Or are you That's not a big cook?
3: No, I cook all the time. Well, I just moved. So I haven't cooked in like two months, but um, let's see what did I bring to a dinner party. Oh, my gosh. I want to say like baked sweet potatoes covered in like a tahini sauce. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's
2: me <laughs> Me too. That's definitely (laughs) some
1: CMOS girlies behavior right there. Um, Fun. I guess another question too, um, you know, a lot of our girls in wellness, I think we're in these discovery phases of figuring out what routines work for you and kind of like how to figure that out. And so I guess like as a, not only an herbalist, but also like you've seen a lot of different, you know, wellness stories and such, what would you say are like advice for how to find those routines that work for you? Because as you said before, like so much information on the internet, um, what do you think is like the best way to you know, seek out information.
3: Mm. I think the routine for everyone baseline should be the same and simple, right? It should be find the way you like to move your body, have the, like get fresh air every day as fresh as possible. Like pay attention to what kind of water you're consuming, like how, you know, where's it coming from as best you can. And it's a really, really like privileged thing to say, but, um, how are we like, get a Brita? How are we filtering our water? Uh, Yeah. Fresh air, fresh water, um, fruits and vegetables are more important than any wellness product you can buy. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it really just comes back to like, how are you nourishing yourself? How often are you nourishing yourself? And then if you aren't able, or you don't have the drive to nourish yourself, because I think that's a piece of the conversation that gets left out a lot. Like, I don't think people should care about their health this much all the time. Totally. You know, set it and forget it, get into it, get out of it. Um, but like, like, if you're, if you're in a place where you aren't hungry and you eat once a day or you eat twice a day, like whatever, like figure out what supplements you should be taking. Cause you need to get them from somewhere. And I, that makes me think of like, when I became a vegetarian at age 14 and I was eating like grilled cheese and French fries constantly and like crashed. And my mom was like, no dummy, you have to have a vitamin. Yeah. Um, just really simple stuff. It shouldn't be overcomplicated. You shouldn't have to spend any money ideally on wellness if you don't want to. Yeah. I think and, I- and I- it's cool to learn too about like simple things like I mean it depends on where you live but like I love giving urban plant walks because it's always shocking like how many medicinal and edible plants are everywhere all the time
2: yeah no totally I think Kate and I always try to like talk to like our community and tell people that like yeah you actually don't have to spend that much money to like have like some sort of like good wellness routine or feel like you are part of wellness. I think like, you know, how it is like promoted on social media can feel like very much like, Oh, if I don't own like X, Y, Z, like, I'm not part of this, but we definitely try to like, you know, encourage people to be like, no, like it is really just like the few simple things. Yeah. Having your fruits and vegetables, getting your sleep, like those are more important than like any like $40 supplement that you feel the pressure to get. Um, I think also, you know, you've been running one and spoon herbs for a while, and I'm sure you've seen it, you know, grow and you have been growing, which is like so exciting. And then just kind of like, what has been like the most rewarding thing for you throughout this like entire journey of being like, you know, a founder and just like running Wooden Spoon Arms and like being like a CEO and just kind of like being almost like a trailblazer sort of like in this like current space.
3: Thanks. Yeah. Um, I mean, the most rewarding is like all of the, you know, like people who write to us and thank us or tell us their story or tell us like, I started using XYZ product and it changed my life in all of these ways, like just the glimpses we get into how, how, and where our products land is the absolute most rewarding thing I could think of. Um, It's so beautiful. And I'm so honored that people trust uh, our products and use them and keep coming back. Like that's the most rewarding thing for sure.
1: That's awesome to hear. Um, yeah, Emma and I've both been so excited to hear how you're growing and like, just have love to hear your journey as well. Um, I guess another question it's kind of a sneaky nosy question. I guess if there's any exciting upcoming updates for Wood and Soon Herbs, you know, they can be business updates or just personal updates, something you're looking forward to
3: in 2022, I guess. Yeah, totally. Uh, business updates. We have a lot of exciting stuff coming, um, in the summer and beyond. So tbd on that we have two new products we're launching this year um we'll give the cmos girlies um geneva group access to what those are so i'm there but i think you'll all be stoked they're really fun they're really delicious and they're definitely new formats that we haven't worked with before um they're not tinctures anyway so that's super exciting we're also going to have some like merch for holidays Some really fun collaborations coming for holiday um yeah, potentially like a lip balm flavored like one of our best-selling products, which is I'm excited about. Uh, But yeah, lots of stuff in the works. We are moving and shaking. Um, And then yeah, I'll stop there. Personally, I moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee and, you know, moving and grooving.
1: Fun. Yay. That's so awesome. Let us know, you know, any other lingering thoughts you may have for the girlies. Um, Yeah. Let us know what you should leave our girlies with, (laughs) uh, you know, advice, you know, you can be your favorite meme. You can, you know, jokes, anything like that.
3: All of the memes are my favorite. I would never choose one of those darling. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just like, I think it's really interesting to think about how the industry, right. is called the wellness industry as if it's the opposite of illness. And as, as if it's like, the end of a spectrum when really it should exist all along that spectrum. And it does, and it just like vacillates. And I think what we should all be focusing on is like nourishing ourselves, nourishing each other. And like, just, I don't know. Yeah. Trying to, I don't know. I think doing your best is underrated.
1: I love that. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. We are so excited to have you. Um, CMOS Girlies, we'll have, a, we'll have a cheeky discount. You can use CMOS Girlies 22 and get 22% off Winspoon Herbs. If you're in Geneva, you'll get the new products, you know, get the little specs of what's coming up from Windspoon Herbs. Um, and yeah, Lauren's socials personally and Windspoon Herbs will be linked in the podcast description. You guys know where to find us. And yeah, we want to thank Lauren, our first founder to have on. So thanks for coming on.
3: Thank you guys so much. It was a pleasure to be here.
4: Yes, hope you have a good day. Bye, C. girlies. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing.